So I think that the only place anybody should ever begin when starting something new is to evaluate where they are now, right? Because if you don't have an understanding of where you are now, how would you possibly know the direction to go, right? It's like looking at a map, wanting to get to New Zealand, but having no idea if you're in China, the UK, or the US. You're not going to get there. So we always evaluate what somebody's nutrition looks like, what somebody's exercise, sleep, stress management, hydration, and just overall lifestyle looks like. I'm Philippa. In this podcast, me and my generous guests delve deep into the world of menopause. Buckle up and get ready to embark on a journey of empowerment and self-discovery as we embrace the change. Welcome to Moving Through Menopause. I'm Philippa and today we are chatting with Joe Hoy. Welcome, Joe. You're joining me all the way from Vermont. Thank you so much for coming along and chatting with us today here on Moving Through Menopause. Joe is the founder of Hoy Fit. And we're going to be sharing our top tips to help you ditch the diet once and for all. But before we get started, I really want to invite you to subscribe, subscribe to at Move with Philippon on my YouTube channel for all episodes. Or if audio is your preferred medium, then subscribe on Apple Podcasts for more tips and hacks. I appreciate your likes and shares, so please feel free to hit that button right now. Joe, thanks so much for joining me for this conversation. I'm looking forward to diving into our topic, helping women to end dieting, restore their metabolism, optimize our hormones, and repair gut health. So menopause is a time when women can experience weight gain, the hormonal fluctuations of menopause can really mess with our metabolism. And so where do you begin when you're supporting women to make dietary changes, lifestyle changes? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think that the only place anybody should ever begin when starting something new is to evaluate where they are now, right? Because if you don't have an understanding of where you are now, how would you possibly know the direction to go, right? It's like looking at a map, wanting to get to New Zealand, but having no idea if you're in China, the UK, or the US. You're not going to get there. So we always evaluate what somebody's nutrition looks like, what somebody's exercise, sleep, stress management, hydration, and just overall lifestyle looks like. That way we know what to start doing right off the bat. Yeah, well, uh, you make a good point. And this is, you know, the thing that I understand from uh, people who complete questionnaires about nutrition and uh, in particular, they're not always honest when they do this. <laughs> is that your experience too? Yes. Yeah, so that is my experience, which is why we have our own app. And that app connects to a lot of different devices and other apps that people use daily, right? So if anybody has an Apple Watch, a Fitbit, a Garmin, our app can connect straight to that. And so then we get to see steps, sleep, heart rate. We get to connect to MyFitnessPal. And so we can see calories, what these people are eating, how much they're eating, and when they're eating it. And so there's no way to lie. Like, we just see what they do. And so then, then it's very accurate. Yeah, I mean, data can't lie, can it, really? So, and and... You know, that is uh, a data-informed option is, is always going to be the, the most uh, successful route, really, isn't it? And, and 
I mean, those opportunities nowadays with modern technology to collect data and measure inputs and outputs. And uh, yeah, I mean, I love that. So, you know, this metabolism, this word, we, we hear it bandied about a lot. And we kind of think we know what it means, but could, could you give us your sort of slant on that, please? Yeah, absolutely. So our metabolism is basically what keeps us going throughout the day, right? And everybody has a different speed metabolism, I would say, right? Some people have a slow metabolism. And what I mean by that is they don't burn a lot of calories, right? And so they can eat 1,200, 1,400, 1,600 calories and that's what their body needs to simply maintain their weight. That's pretty slow. That's a low calorie count. Some people have a fast metabolism. They'll be eating 2,000, 2,400, 2,800 calories a day simply to maintain. And I don't know about you, Philippa, but I like eating food. And so I like to, you too, huh? Oh, yes. Glad I'm not alone. No. So I like to keep my metabolism high. That way I can eat as much food as possible and still maintain my weight. And so what I like to do for the ladies we work with is help them raise their metabolism, right? Because for the people that we serve, right? Ladies 40, 50 plus entering in or past menopause, usually they've tried to lose weight for years. And they've tried all the common diets that we know don't work. Octavia, keto, ideal protein, Atkins, you name it. They've starved themselves, starved themselves really done a number on their metabolism and lowered it to a point that if they eat any substantial amount of food, they begin to gain weight. And so we have what we call a diet detox method that helps to increase our clients' metabolism by showing their body that food is good. It doesn't need to take that food and store it as fat. Instead, it can take that food or take those calories and burn that as energy. We also work to increase muscle mass because we know that specifically as ladies entering menopause, they're losing muscle mass yearly. And so we like to reverse that, increase the muscle mass, which therefore increases their metabolism. And that's where we get that higher calorie number so that it is possible to enjoy Friday date nights and go out with friends and still maintain your weight or even lose it. It is quite a conundrum for people, that concept really. After, as you say, years perhaps of deprivation and yo-yo, and that yo-yo approach of, of gaining and losing and gaining it back and plus a bit more besides sadly quite often so i mean would you tell me a little bit about what motivates you to work with women of a certain age like myself joe yeah absolutely so as a 30 year old male that's probably the most common question i get asked until people really start to understand who i am what i'm about why i do this and so it's kind of a three-part story and it started when I was 13 years old, right? So I had two stepbrothers. They would spend a week over at my house and then a week at their other parents' house. So one week when they were gone, it was just myself and my mom in the house. And I looked at her and I was like, hey, mom, I'm super bored. I'm done with my homework. I did everything I need to do. Is there anything I can do? Like, do you have any ideas on what I can do to not be bored? And she's like, no, I don't. I'm going to go to the gym. You can come with me or you can stay home and be bored. And so, of course, I chose the go to the gym with my mom option. And as soon as those doors open to the gym, it's like you see in the movies where like the angels start singing and there's this golden light like shining through. And I, I fell in love with it is what I'm saying. And 
so from then on, I just, I was in love with the gym five, six, seven days a week, trying to get as big as possible. Right. And so as a male, that is what I wanted. I had these two older brothers. They picked on me to no end. I was slow, unathletic, skinny, small. I was like, well, I, I want to be like the big guys I see on TV. So I tried as hard as I could until I was 18. And I, I gained about 10 pounds. I went from 135 pounds to 145 at 5'11 when I graduated high school. So I was still really small, mm-hmm. right? And so I eventually graduate high school. I go into college and I start pursuing this career in surgery. So from that, I'm forced to take these courses on nutrition, anatomy, physiology, kinesiology, everything about the body. So I have a good understanding of it. And while that was for surgery, it also benefited me because I started to understand what my body finally needed. And so once I had that education, I finally started gaining weight. And I went from 145 all the way up to my goal weight of 190, but then I blew right by it because I couldn't stop, right? I had an education, but it wasn't good enough. And so I went from 145 to 225 pounds in about a year and a half. So then I had a new problem, right? I was still unhappy with myself. I was overweight. I didn't feel good. And I didn't like the way my body looked. And so I continued pursuing my career in surgery. I started trying all the diets that I just mentioned don't work. Keto, Atkins, high carb, low carb, high protein, you name it, nothing worked for me. And so I I just took matters into my own hands. I educated myself for the next couple of years and eventually I made my way from 225 down to where I am now. So 190, 195 pounds, really happy with myself, athletic looking, athletic feeling, healthy at the doctors, confident in my skin. And people started to notice because I grew up in a small town, right? So they knew that when I started going to the gym with my mom, I was really skinny. They knew I stayed skinny until the end of high school. And then eventually I became overweight. After that, I became fit. And so everybody started asking, but Joe, how did you do this? How did you get from skinny to fat to right where you want to be? Can you teach me? And so I always had this little entrepreneurial drive to pick things up. And if enough people ask, I'd be like, okay, maybe I, maybe I have something here. I've had 15, 20 people ask me if I could help them get in shape. And so I started Hoy Fit and it started with these group challenges. And transparently, I thought I wanted to help people like me, right? Just younger men gain muscle or lose fat and become confident in themselves. And what I realized after my first group challenge had begun is that all of my marketing, all of my advertising, everything I said online did not attract the people I thought I wanted to attract. For some reason, the way I spoke attracted middle-aged women. And I think it's because I grew up with a really strong female role model in my life as mm-hmm. like the main person I communicated with. And so I learned to communicate that way and understand that person. So number one, my mom brought me in the gym. Very thankful for that. Number two, I resonated really well with these ladies because they're the only ones that joined me in a group program. And I got them great results. I had a blast talking with them. We had awesome challenges. They got awesome results. And then the last part, circling back to surgery, for some reason, on a team of six for the job that I had, my job was a surgical technologist. So basically, I would help the doctor do whatever he couldn't do with his own two hands during the procedure. On the team of six, it was myself and five other ladies. And they chose the one male to put inside the OB and GYN-based rooms. So for the next four years, I was working 40 hours a week plus on-call emergency surgery 
on the female body, learning the female body, getting to understand it and spending all of my time with these doctors that had dedicated their life to the practice. And so number one, I wanted to pay back to my mom and thank her. Number two, I've resonated really well with these ladies. I could communicate well with them. Number three, I understood their bodies usually better than they understood it themselves. Well, I mean, that's quite a, quite a story, I must say. I like that because one of the things that we always did as a family was the, the exercise piece. That was really important for me that my two sons had this opportunity, uh, the family fitness sort of fanatical stuff that we, we all did together. And uh, so that I can kind of visualize you there in the gym with your mom because that's what I did with my boys. And it's interesting, really, that we women are really sometimes so bemused by what their bodies are doing to them, you know, that, hmm. that it, it is really a challenge for, for women, especially because being thin has always been the thing to strive for. And so, so many women have really spent a lifetime, if they haven't succeeded at doing that, trying to do it. And that really ultimately undermines us, you know, kind of back to where we started, this metabolic drive that then really starts to fuel the problem that we encounter. So, so it's wonderful that you're helping women to reverse this uh, trend, if you like. In terms of women around that midlife time when the estrogen levels are taking a nosedive, and, uh, and that then starts to become, a, you know, a, a, another compounding factor in this journey to, you know, achieve a healthy body. Then, you know, what kinds of things do we do to help women, you know, address the balance or redress the balance? Yeah, so it's a lot of the same on what I touched about with metabolism, because all of these things are really intertwined and connected, right? The body works as one big thing. And so if your body's under massive amounts of stress, which as we know, entering menopause, being in menopause is stressful, right? There's so many changes that are so new to these ladies that they haven't experienced for the first 40 plus years of their life. And it happens like that. And so that alone is stressful. And so if we can start to take away the stress, number one, they start to feel better. If we can educate them on what is going on, they start to understand it. And I think that understanding is massive. And then also on the team, we have the ability to order blood panels, look at the blood work and see what hormones are actually out of whack. And so it's always going to be different. But what we find is that a lot of times estrogen or progesterone will be extremely low or thyroid hormones will be out of whack due to chronic undereating or the yo-yo dieting that you mentioned earlier. So a lot of that's going to come down to diet, how much you're eating, what foods you're eating, avoiding inflammatory foods and replacing those with healthier options. And a lot of this is done through nutrition. Yeah. I mean, the building blocks are all there in the food that is in the supermarket. The problem is that the food that people are putting their hand on when they're stressed or feeling hormonal is not necessarily the food that is the best for this, is it really? It's not usually the best. And I like to take the blame away from these people as much as mm -hmm. possible because mm -hmm. it's hard. Like if you don't have 
the education that I was talking about earlier, you can go to the grocery store and think you're making the best choices possible because you can see these words like keto, whole food, low carb, no sugar, whatever. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good for you or right for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are going out of the way to make it difficult, it has to be said. So education is, you know, why I do what I do. To try and, you know, as much as possible, help people to live uh, these healthy lifestyles that I know adds so much value to us as individuals, but also to our broader uh, family circle of friends and such like. So there's a lot of talk around gut health and I am absolutely fascinated with, you know, the whole microbiome and the gut brain axis and, uh, you know, the power of nutrition. So gut health is so, such a, a really important key piece of this puzzle. So how, how do you support women to, to help this healthy, have this healthy gut? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question. So to be honest with you, Personally, I don't because that mm -hmm. is an education that I never received. And so I hired mm -hmm. our coach, Colleen. And so she's the one that she, she would love me to say this, but she's the one that's a complete nerd about it, right? Like she is so into gut health. She has her own personal story and personal struggles on that, that when we do have someone that is showing signs of a damaged gut, we send her over there. Now, what I can say is exactly just agreeing with you, right? Like there are foods that you could have been eating for the entire life of yours. And all of a sudden your body doesn't agree with them. And it's really going to start to throw off your microbiome, other things like medications, right? Antibiotics historically will wreak absolute havoc on your gut health. And most people don't know that, right? So personally, I work to stay away from antibiotics as much as possible until it's really, really necessary for that reason. But that's more of a Colleen question, to be honest with you. My son's a bodybuilder. Well, he's got a body type that doesn't necessarily lend itself to bodybuilding, mm -hmm. but he's about reaching his peak natural mass uh, around now. And it's, it's always makes me smile, actually, that he he does a bit like what you said, which is how much can I weigh, not, not how little can I weigh. Right. And that always that always really kind of messes with my mind anyway. But this, you know, muscle, this organ that is muscle is so crucial and vital. And sarcopenia is something that, you know, is inevitable to mm -hmm. a degree with these shifting hormonal levels or decreasing hormonal levels. So in actual fact, we've kind of got to work harder than ever to, to build this muscle mass. The nutrition clearly fueling the body to uh, lend itself to that muscle tissue development. But what sorts of exercise approaches are you, are you taking with women? Yeah, I love that. This is a good topic because from the ladies we work with, most of them are very hesitant to start strength training, right? Because they see me, right? They see people like your son. They're like, well, these guys are strength training. I don't want to look like these guys. The good news is it took me from 13 to 30 years old to look like I look, right? And so starting now is not going to get you to look like me. The other thing is it's important to remember that a lot of these ladies are looking to lose weight, which means they have to eat in a calorie deficit. 
So what that is, is eating less food than the body needs. That way the body starts to feed off of something else to fuel itself, which is body fat. So by eating less food than the body needs, it is physically impossible to gain weight or gain muscle, right? So it's not going to happen. But what does happen through strength training is you send a signal from your body to your brain back down to your body of, hey, I'm, I'm using this new weight, this heavier weight. I'm doing more reps of it, more sets of it. And so I need to keep this muscle because next time I want to be able to do it again instead of be injured. And so you're telling your body to hang on to your muscle because you need it, right? So that's where strength training comes in. And that's why I like to get all of our clients doing strength training and away from cardio, right? Now, I'm not mm -hmm. saying that cardio is bad. Cardio is incredible for cardiovascular health. It's not incredible for fat loss, right? Because cardio, cardio does basically the opposite of what strength training does. Strength training tells your body to keep muscle, whereas cardio tells your body, hey, we're burning a lot of calories. This muscle takes more calories to use than this fat. So let's get rid of the muscle. We don't need it. We just need to burn the calories. And so it actually wastes your muscle faster than you otherwise would if you were just doing nothing. Mm. Yeah, that can be a real sea change in the way that we think about exercise, particularly for women who have been conditioned to feel that you've got to be, you know, out of breath and sweating and looking red in the face, doing all your high intensive high intensity, cardio, cardio, whatever. And I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for this stuff. I love it. <laughs> but, but, you know, maybe a high intensity session once a week mm -hmm. contributes to our cardiovascular health. But if that's all that you're doing, then you're quite right. Those muscle fibers are going to be dwindling. So, you know, I guess for me, because I'm a physiotherapist, Approaching strength training with no history of having done it in the past. You know, you did mention the fact that we don't want people to get injured. We want them to get strong and fit and healthy. An injury, it really just undermines that completely. So uh, I guess a phased introduction to this kind of training is called for and preparatory training, perhaps even just so that people are are not going to get hurting themselves. Hmm. So, you know, what you talked about is a, a, a movement habit that started when you were a young man, a young boy, in fact, and, and you continued with that the whole time. And so for, for women of my sort of age, some of them have, have been off the wagon, shall we say, for some, for some period of time, uh, particularly for women, giving up exercise uh, happens for whatever reason, well, many reasons, having children is, is, can be one of them, you know, and, and, and busy lives, busy work and such like. So unless you're really committed to the cause, it can really go by the wayside. So you're returning to exercise with the idea that we're trying to get fit and healthy in our late 40s, maybe even an early 50s. And you, the resilience of the tissues is something that can be undermined if we're not careful that injury could be a feature. So how, how do you go about making sure? I know you will. It's just, you know, have you got any special tricks or approaches that you use with the, the women that you see? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's very similar to what I said right in the beginning of evaluating where someone is now, mm -hmm. right? And so okay. we'll always do a movement and mobility screening 
to learn what somebody's capable of. And we're never going to jump straight from sedentary to like heavy back squats or big deadlifts or complicated multi-joint movements with a barbell. You can do plenty of resistance training just using your body weight, mm. right? And so yeah. if we have somebody that they work at a desk job, maybe they go for a walk or two during the week, but that's really the extent of their exercise. Number one, the mobility screening is huge. Number two, we're going to start with body weight exercises to get used to the movement patterns and slowly add difficulty there. And so we can keep it difficult by remaining to use body weight and just slowing down the movement. We can start to use bands and through using bands, there are different thicknesses, right? So we can keep it very easy or it can get really hard with just a band. From there, we can add weighted objects like dumbbells, barbells, odd objects like kettlebells, and we increase from there. Yeah, well, that's it. In progressive resistance training, oh. that's the key. And as you say, that idea that you get evaluated before you set off on this journey. The roadmap that you talked about earlier, we're giving people that map. You don't go from zero to hero, do you, right, right in one, one leap? No. No, you don't. Happen. Not at all. <laughs> oh, well, is this something that you do all day, Joe? Is this, you know, your full-time work? This is it. Yeah. So at this point, I'm not doing as much coaching anymore. We have three coaches under us. So we have a registered dietitian. We have an intuitive eating coach and then a nutritional therapy practitioner. Huh. And so at this point, I'm more running the business, sharing our methodology, sharing our mission and showing people that they don't need these crash dieting, unsustainable things that only last for three to five months. They can just live a lifestyle that they enjoy. and that's it. So like we have a free community. That's where I spend most of my time doing live trainings, creating guides for these people and ultimately hoping that I can solve all of their problems for free. Because if somebody just needs the application and they don't need the accountability, that group's going to be great because every answer that somebody needs is there. Oh, okay. I like that. And this was my mission to spread the word and really share messages of healthy lifestyles, not something that happens for a few weeks of the year, but something that's in every minute, every moment of your life. Mm -hmm. uh, and it does leave room for celebrations and holiday events. But for the most part, a holistic approach to health is really what I, I encourage people to seek out with the, the nutrition, the movement approaches and the, you know, the mindful piece of the puzzle, because you mentioned stress and, you know, this modern life that so many people are living at a hundred miles an hour, it really contributes to messing with our hormonal levels mm -hmm. even, even more. So muscle resistance training really bathes the brain in neurotransmitters. It really does give us a fabulous feel-good moment, doesn't it? You know, it's not just about getting stronger. It's also that neurophysiological effect. Yeah, the mental health aspect is huge. Like, I think that my girlfriend, my family, my friends could vouch that they wouldn't want to spend as much time with me if I didn't go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know it is a bit like that, isn't it? And those muscles, actually, they take a lot of fluid, don't they? When, you know, new 
hydration, you mentioned that earlier, hydration is so important when we're on this path to uh, health and wellness. Absolutely. Muscles especially, you know. What sort of volumes are you advocating? So my rule of thumb up to a certain point is that I like our clients to do half an ounce per pound of body weight, right? And so oh, okay. if I weigh 190 pounds, then I'm going to aim for 85 ounces of water. Yeah. Well, that's great because it's not just one number for everybody because we're not all the same, are we? No, no, it's, it's drastically different. And for anybody that just did their math, they'll realize I did my math wrong, but you get what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh okay. Your maths was wrong, but we get yeah. what you're saying. Per pound of body weight. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming along and sharing your ethos and telling us about your community of people that you're growing. Do tell us where, you know, where people can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So for anybody interested, uh, the community I mentioned would be the number one place to go. If you just go to my Facebook page, so that's going to be Joe Hoy, H-O-Y-E. You'll find it there. You can't miss it. But the group is called Women's Fat Loss Over 40, Macros, Metabolism, and Menopause. You can also find me on Instagram at Hoy Fit. So that's H-O-Y-E-F-I-T. Very active on both those, very responsive on both those. And I don't want people to hesitate to message me. Like I said, my mission is to help as many people as possible. And the only way I can do that is by having these one-on-one -on -one conversations and figuring out what people's hurdles and roadblocks are and helping them get past it. Well, thanks so much for that. Thanks so much for coming along and uh, taking some time out of your busy day to have a chance. It's been wonderful to meet you. And uh, I'll be keeping my beady eye on you, that's for sure. So uh, thanks again. And, uh, and so remember to come along and subscribe to see all episodes of the podcast on at Move with Philippa on YouTube and subscribe to Moving Through Menopause on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate your likes and shares. Thanks again, Joe. It's been great to meet you. Have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, bye for now. Thank you so much, Philippa. Bye. Thank you.